0: there we go what it is. do look at you with the blurry background and the goat whore tea, I had to, to fucking come in i had to drop the. i have to uh put the blurry
1: background on whenever i do like professional stuff
0: uh, uh yeah. just because there's
1: certain aspects of my personality that i just don't think anybody that i work with is going to appreciate and
0: one of those is a big uh gory banner it yeah, says the, aborted on it the aborted and of deeds of flesh flags behind yeah. you you yeah. should see the uh, you should see the
1: Cannibal Corpse one that I've got off to the side there. It's it's the violence unimagined artwork, the the uncensored version. So oh, sick. it's it's a naked lady eating a ripped in half baby.
0: Um, I love some, that artwork. Yeah, I love some that
1: dismembered album. corpses on the ground there. What a brilliant record too, man. So I good. love that fucking album. I love everything about the record, dude. I love everything about the record. You love everything about Cannibal Corpse. I love everything about Cannibal Corpse. There is another band that I
0: love everything about absolutely everything do
1: you know who that band is
0: i wonder who it could be please tell me it's a band called goat whore zach it's a oh, band yes. called goat whore are you familiar with goat whore I, I am i am i have to say i'm very familiar with goat whore i very know familiar that you're with a a very nice gentleman by the name of <clears throat> zach, zach simmons
1: zach simmons the drummer for goat whore right who actually uh has been on the show before right you put us in touch with zach back in the day Um, and we had him on, we had him on back, uh, during the height of the pandemic, man, when shit was,
0: shit was still pretty crazy, if I'm not mistaken. Well, speaking of shit being pretty fucking crazy, we're going to get Zach Simmons back on because he's waiting and it's about to get real. It's about to get real, baby. That's what we want that's what a lot a lot to talk to him about oh yeah i got tons of stuff to talk to him oh i can't yeah i can't wait to hear about the uh i'll I'll just just let you handle it
1: we're
0: all gonna handle it look at this motherfucker how you doing dog good how are you guys pleasure to see you as always sir
1: pleasure to see you yeah 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 where are you right now
2: i'm in arizona phoenix
1: in arizona okay i wasn't sure if you were out west or if you were down south yeah
2: back out back out west for a little bit
1: yeah enjoying the uh how's the how's the weather out west i just have to say because the weather here's fucking bizarre
2: oh man it's just now gradually starting to cool down a little bit today was 90 for a high so jesus christ it's progress.
1: <laughs> That's a, what a nightmarish place for that to be progress, man. It's, yeah, it, it's anything like, below
2: 100 is like a cold front, basically. No
1: fuck, yeah, man. It was like 40 something degrees out there today. This is like the oh, coldest damn. weather I've ever dealt yeah. with in early October. You get out so. there and
2: run, during, and running that weather? <laughs>
1: no, man. I'm going to do that shit tomorrow. <laughs> I didn't have time to go out, and it's it's rainy enough that I didn't want to fuck with it. But uh, I, I do think. like running in the cold, brother. You got a record coming out. Yeah, uh, you know what? Very Actually. Soon what we got to say though man because this is going to air when the record is out right. so we need to say we need to say there's a new goat whore record out right now and we are talking to the dude who played drums on that shit oh, zach yeah. simmons longtime drummer for goat whore blast beat d-beat extraordinaire dude tell us about the new record
2: well i'm just happy it's uh finally about to come out um it's been done shit last time I talked to you guys uh we had just gotten out of the studio uh, recording it so um mm-hmm. it's pretty much been done finished for almost um, uh, coming up on a year maybe a little less than a year but uh mm-hmm. yeah it was uh the the whole pandemic situation kind of gave us a lot of extra time and uh, no pressure to you know, Worry about oh we have to go on this tour we have to have this done by this time so we just used all that time to our advantage and tried to make the best collection of songs that we could and I'm just happy it's about to come out and it seems like the feedback's been pretty positive uh, so far so
1: can't complain. I I would think that the that the feedback would be pretty good man like I so the singles from the record are. Very, very cool for a couple of different reasons, right? The first one, the first single, the record, so the record is called Angels Hung from the Artways of Heaven, Archways of Heaven. Uh, You guys dropped the first single Born of Satan's Flesh a while back. It's the album opener, and it's a fucking scorcher. Like, that is everything that we come to expect from Goat Whore, right? And then you guys drop Death from Above. Um, There is a Goat Whore song called, I think it's called Command to Control. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And that was a B side, right. That ended up on a, Mm. on like a decibel flexi disc or whatever. And that actually is one of my favorite goat horse songs. Um, It's like a little bit more of a traditional structure. It's got a lot of a punk feel to it. And like, as soon as I heard death from above the first time I was like, holy shit, they're fucking straight out going for it on this one. Like the arrangement is something that we don't really hear from you guys that often. Like it's, there's choruses, right? Like there's, there's places that repeat There's stuff to come back to. Um, and so, just like trying to think about like what headspace you guys were when you were writing, you sat down and you said, you know, we're going to make the best record that we can with the time that we have. Were there any sort of expectations on the writing? Were there any sort of places you guys wanted to try and go, like specifically on purpose that you hadn't been before, or did it just all sort of happen the way it happened?
2: Um, it's, everything just kind of happens organically with us. You know, <clears throat> we, we never really sit down and consciously try to plan anything out. And obviously, I, I guess each one of us individually puts enough pressure on ourselves to not suck. Basically. (laughs) We have a pretty good filter on ourselves. And as far as if we're writing something and spending too much time on something, that's just not going anywhere. We just dump it. You know what I mean? It's just like, so we have a pretty good filter of knowing, uh, you know, if what we're doing is worth the time and, or if it's good and, and we should continue with it. But as long as basically as long as it, it feels right and we we enjoy it then it's it's kind of good to go you know that's kind of the way um yeah death from above was definitely that way and that's one of those songs that just came together with like very quickly you know because like you said it is it is kind of a simpler structure and and basically i think we're, we're pretty good at um just those straight ahead kind of punky songs you know if you look back to like fuck by satan yeah. this kind of yeah it's Songs that don't, we like getting complicated with the structure sometimes, but sometimes you just got to let it fly and do what feels right and just, and uh, yeah, just go for
1: it. So that's basically how that came about. Yeah, I mean, it came out. It, it came out great. It's it's already one of my favorite Goat horror songs, just because it's a it's fucking ear candy, man. It's so infectious, it, you know. And going back to, there's definitely sort of that similar style, and not necessarily similar style, but very much a sort of same kind of feeling with uh, with Fucked by Satan, right? Because like that's such a party song. It's such a catchy song, right? Um, and I, I feel like Death from Above has a lot of that quality too. I I saw uh, goat horror for the first. I've been listening to goat Horror since like 2005, I think. Saw Goat horse for the very first time not too long ago in Baltimore. You guys absolutely fucking crushed it. The new yeah. songs fit into the set really well. Just a real quick sidebar, man. While I was there, I was sitting there thinking to myself, I'm going to buy a shirt, you know, I'm going to buy a Goat horse shirt. I want to make sure it's something that I can fucking take my mom out to dinner in. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> something, Something safe, you know? Uh, So I buy this shirt and it's got this really cool fucking design on it and I get in the car and I'm heading home and I look over at the back of the shirt and I was like what the I didn't realize there was a back print on there sure as shit it says <laughs> it says fucked by satan in massive white letters Hell Black yeah. and it fucking rules right not Hell gonna take yeah. my mom out to dinner in it but goddamn what a cool shirt but seriously what a cool show you know what i mean um it seems like you guys had been off. it doesn't seem like it you guys had been off the road for a while whole lot of energy um tell us a little bit about this most recent tour
2: um it was it was a good one um i guess the, yeah the most recent one was a co-headline tour with incantation so we basically flip-flopped every night just um closing out the show but also we had a uh, bewitcher and then caveman cult on the mm-hmm. first half of that tour and uh just a good selection of, of bands that there's something you know within the extreme metal thing there's enough difference in between uh each band and uh because you know it can it can get kind of a uh, um a <clears throat> little, little tiring if you're just you know at a death metal show and every band's just kind of exactly the same almost sure yeah so we like we like to have that that variation and uh the, yeah the tour itself was great man i think you yeah the baltimore show was probably like the third day of the tour or something like that and we had some some uh, vehicle troubles beforehand, but we got all that sorted out. And yeah, from then on, everything was pretty smooth throughout the whole thing. But yeah, bef- I guess before that, even we had just done, we had like a month off in between tours, but we had just done like 40, 42 shows with, uh, with Brahiria, then a tour with Gore. So yeah, mm-hmm. we've hit the States pretty hard since uh, coming back
1: from COVID and yeah, it's good to be back out there. Oh, dude, it's awesome. It was a fucking sick lineup. Um, I, as soon as I found out that The be- Witcher was going to be on the bill with you guys, I was like, this is a fucking perfect band to be on tour with Goat Horror Man. Yeah, man, it was awesome. whole lot of that speed metal flavor, a whole lot of really cool shit, kind of tapping into some of the same stuff that you guys are doing. Yeah, totally. Um, so, you guys got a record out now. What is coming next? When's the next time you guys are going to get on the road?
2: Man, the only thing we got confirmed that I can really talk about right now... Um... <clears throat> is europe in january february of next year and we're going to be going out out there with uh revocation which they have a new record out which is really good and mm-hmm. uh a band called alluvial and then creeping death from texas so that'll be a really good uh time in europe we haven't been over there and um since before covid so it'll it'll be good to head back over there and hopefully um no nukes are flying hopefully they have some uh power left over in the in the outlet so, so we can power our amps up and it should be all good
1: <laughs> fingers crossed europe is not a fucking decimated wasteland by the time <laughs> goat gets there to play some shows uh it is i mean it sounds like it's going to be sick and like you said you hadn't been there for a long time so i'm sure that there's going to be a big show of love i know that you guys have got a big fan base all over um so that'll be super sick one of the one of the things that i was curious about that you mentioned earlier that i kind of wanted to come back to um what's your relationship like with the songs that you guys write, given the amount of time that goes by between when you create them and when they're heard, I'm really sort of curious about how the way you feel about the music changes sort of like, are you anticipating it? Are you sitting with it? Like, how's that go?
2: I kind of go like layer by layer. It's like, at first, I'm just trying to internalize like the actual structures. Once we solidify that and, and, you know, along with those structures, I guess I'll have like a, just like a basic outline of what kind of beat goes where, you know, because within metal drumming and the metal drum vocabulary isn't, it's, you know, it's pretty, pretty simple. It's like, all right, this beat goes on that riff, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And then from then on, it's, I kind of pick each part apart and come up with, try to come up with, um, you know, decent fills and little, um, transitions that are like unique but not like show off show offy i guess if that makes sense and then also within that like having little parts repeat but with variation so it's just like it's like a little like each uh different level i'm trying to like nitpick and um just make i don't know make it all make sense to myself first of all and then and then there's certain parts like i'll kind of leave open until i get in the studio and then you know just kind of see what happens off the cuff you know because once that like red light is rolling like record is going sometimes you like just off the top of your head you'll come out with some wacky crazy feel you never normally would have thought of if you're like trying to really overthink it
1: mm-hmm.
2: well, it's cool to leave like certain parts open just for like improvisation and uh but other things i definitely um you know as the process goes on and you know get more comfortable with the songs i really try to zero in on certain aspects of like you know creating unique fills that work with the riff and stuff like that but
1: you so you and you have a very like methodical approach to playing drums you've been a fucking professional drummer for your entire adult life you've been doing this for a real fucking long time man i am curious about this far into your career right haven't done as much work as you've done worked with who you've worked with created what you've created who are the drummers who you still listen to who you hear it and go like, God damn, that's what I want to do. Like, do you, is there anybody who's still like fucking you hear them and it just like takes your breath away. You think to yourself like, yeah, that's what's up.
2: Oh, Dave, Dave, totally.
1: I mean, <clears throat>
2: Dave Lombardo goes without saying, I mean, I'm, I'm sure every, any, uh, you know, metal drummer, extreme metal drummer will cite him as an influence and for good reason, you know, he's one of the best and he's still out there doing it. And uh, I just saw him recently with Testament, you know, and, just watching him place um, some of that get ga- the gathering material with Testament man, he's just top notch in terms of feel and power and, and speed and everything. He's just got it all. But uh, aside from that, D from motorhead, obviously, and um, Scorpions now and merciful fate, or, or I'm sorry, King diamond, obviously um, Tommy Aldridge, of course, like, especially l- listening back to the, like the Aussie tribute record, some of the, mm. the, the fills, you know, he, um, used on some of those live versions were just awesome you know how kind of off the wall they were but it still just works for, for the song especially in that live kind of context but yeah and uh anytime we go out on the road you know it's just like a to be able to watch um the drummers of other bands you know it's you can learn something from it anybody basically so it's you know it's one of the the highlights for me going on tour because it's no matter what kind of band it is, you know, it's always interesting to watch, you know, someone else play drums and everybody, you know, this seems like the bar in these days keeps getting raised in terms of people's uh, <clears throat> dedication to it and how skilled they are. So it's always there's always a good takeaway from just watching, being present, watching uh, what's going on around you
1: awesome awesome and, and and contributing to that right is the fact that drumming is fucking demanding physical work right um you're doing a lot dude, and it was it was really it was a pleasure to watch you play live man it's very there's a whole lot going on obviously it's a really crazy live show the pit was fucking wild so every now and then i had to like collect myself and sort <laughs> of refocus um but one of the things that i and and zach you know i'm finally going to shut up and let zach take the reins here. Um, Talk to us a little bit about that physical routine, man. How do you keep yourself going? How do you keep yourself feeling good at home? Is there anything you do on the road? Zach, hit him with like some technical, hit him with some stuff I don't know how to ask, man.
0: <laughs> you keep your endurance up, Zach Simmons? Man, uh, <clears throat> I guess on the road,
2: sleep is pretty important, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Uh, being hydrated, you know, we, we all like to have some after-show beverages and stuff, but uh, as long as you get some sleep in, you know keep the water intake going and you should be all right but uh aside from that just warming up man i try to stretch out like an hour hour beforehand start you know practicing on my leg just getting ready you know get the blood flowing and uh and i noticed too especially after uh not touring and consistently because of covid like the first few weeks of uh that bruhiria tour being back out on the road man i was just like All the pain started coming back, coming back, you know, like sleeping in weird positions and playing. It just really sore. So I had one of those like uh, mini theraguns out on the road with me, and I'd just like drill my shoulders, my arms just beforehand, and it helped loosen things up, you know. And yeah, those things are the shit. Yeah, totally, man. So yeah, just little stuff like that, and obviously, I guess um, as you get a little older too, you know. I guess it's different now that I'm 36 than when I was 17, torn with goat wars. So. Yeah.
1: No <laughs> shit. Yeah. yeah,
2: just keeping everything moving and yeah. Yeah.
0: You don't drink before the shows. I remember we were talking about that. I think the first time we were hanging out. You're like, uh, this is a heavy metal machine and I can't be drunk at the wheel. Right. <laughs> I always remember I always remember that. And I thought that was cool, man. Because you know, you're very focused, especially playing live, you're you're a very focused, intense motherfucker. So that, yeah,
2: man, I tr- it's it wouldn't really do me any favors, right? Having, drinking before the show, but I'll save it toward
1: towards towards the end. You know. As do you know. do you do you get nervous before you play a show anymore, or are you just like are, are you numb to it at this point?
2: I'm really get nervous. I mean, <clears throat> as long as like the gear is sorted, like everything's ready to go. And I don't have to worry about, you know, shit like that, that, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really get nervous. I get more like, <clears throat> there's like a, just impatient anxiety, you know, I start pacing back and forth. Cause I'm like, I just want to go out and do it. You know what I mean? It's just like that kind of intensity is just kind of building up and you just want to go for it, you know? So it's just kind of this, uh, Kind of pacing anxiety that before a show that always happens, but not really being nervous. It's just uh, just kind of eager to get out there and do it, you know.
1: Yeah, it just seems like like I when I sit there and think about playing for that many people all the time, like I I, I sometimes wonder like do do musicians you know, and I know it's going to be different from one person to the next, but like that, that's something that we don't really, we haven't really talked to anybody about on this show before. And that was something that I was kind of curious about when I was getting, getting some stuff together beforehand to kind of chat about, like, mm-hmm. do like rock stars get nervous or fucking. Like- I guess for me
2: too, like, I guess my, for my, my position, it's a little different. Cause <clears throat> I mean, most, most shows I can't really see like, cause the lights yeah, are sort of like, I can't really see the full crowd. So, I mean, if, if I were that type of person, that'd be one thing that made it less uh, nerve wracking, I guess. And then also just you're surrounded by a huge drum kit. So if you're um, kind of have like the pre-show jitters or something, you know, and you have so much other stuff going on to, you know, keep, keep track of, keep your eyes on. I remember like when I first started touring with Goat Horror, I would be like, um kind of awestruck by like maybe a lady in the front row and lady in the front row I'd be like oh just like catch myself staring and then and um I would, I would like drop a stick or miss a fill so I'm like all right I, I gotta stop doing that. <laughs> you
0: gotta stop looking at the ladies gotta stop easier said than done <laughs> so um yeah but uh
2: I mean uh it's, i'm sure it's different for everybody but the only thing that really makes me nervous is like all right is if something is possibly wrong with the gear if, like if we have like a rental kit in Europe or something and it's kind of janky i'm like all right is this going to fall over on me or shit like that but that's all just like technical bullshit you know
1: speaking speaking of technical bullshit um we do have uh some some people who are curious about sort of your rundown um the you know what do you play like who who, who, like who sponsors you? Tell us a little bit about your drum kit setup. Tell us a little bit about sort of the things that work for you, the things that don't. Um, just got some, 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 a couple of folks who are curious about the ins and outs of your drum, your drum work, and, and sort of the technical end of that.
2: All right, yeah. Um, I've been uh, with Pearl Drums for almost a, well, since I've been playing drums, basically, but officially with them for about a little over 15 years. So um, my current kit is a Pearl Reference it's uh i got a like custom sizes and, and finish on the toms and all the drums but uh yeah it's just I do 10 13 16 toms um two 22 inch kicks um right now i'm primarily using the the brass reference snare it's like 30 pounds really heavy it sounds great I used it on the record too
0: mm-hmm.
2: but i previously was using the steel in the studio but uh the brass really sounds good uh in the studio but uh and then symbols been all with Sabian for about fifteen years too, and I'm using pretty much all a- AAX series or AA series, kind of a mixture mm-hmm. of two, and uh, like nineteen inch crashes, nineteen inch China, eighteen inch crash, just you know a little on the bigger side, but uh, <clears throat> and then uh, pedals doing the trick, um, Pro One V Bigfoot longboard pedals, solid built like a like a tank you know they mm-hmm. a lot of good adjustments never have to worry about them falling apart or anything and then uh Ed, or evan's heads which i've been using for a long time they're just really consistent easy to tune up sound great and then as far as sticks i'm using uh still using the head uh drumsticks they're kind of like the aluminum with the interchangeable sleeves and yeah they're just they
1: take a beating and uh yeah, they, they make noise. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want. You want that fucking loud noise, baby. Exactly. Um. So what? Like, what all are you listening to right now, man? You listening to anything new? Are you sticking with the old stuff? What's uh, what's in your headphones these days,
2: mm. man? Uh, pretty much every Friday, I'll hit like the the release radar thing on Spotify and just kind of go down the list and see see what's 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 out there, what's new. But uh, <clears throat> man, I, I'm still like constantly going back to that newest onto others record
0: right so <sighs> yeah. us too man we love it man
2: yes. <clears throat> it just kind of crept up on me man and i yeah. keep turning on other people to it and i, I actually we, we met all those dudes i guess ta has known <clears throat> some of those guys for a while but they all came out out to our portland show so i got to meet them for the first time and really cool dudes and uh yeah they, um i can't wait to see what they come out with next man uh really good band and then aside from that obviously um another portland band vitriol which is
1: fucking shit
2: amazingly pissed off intense band.
1: yes oh my god
2: dude. Well, i think you oh, turned god. me on to them as well so like dude. yeah years ago
1: fucking vitriol man that that record i can't wait for a new vitriol record you're right that's one of the most pissed off fucking but but it's so articulate too you know what i mean like i yeah, really yeah. love the variation and the technicality mm. in the playing
2: yeah a couple of those cats came out to the portland show as well so yeah mm. it was good to hang and um, talk with all those dudes, you know,
1: that uh, that unto other record unto others record is doing fucking heavy work for me in the fall. Like last year, it was very much the soundtrack to the season this year. Like it's literally pulled out sitting right behind me next to the turntable. Like I've been listening to the shit out of it. Do you, do you have like a seasonal thing when it comes to music? Like, is there some shit that sounds better to you in one part of the year than another? Or are you just like pretty much consistent throughout or what?
2: Oh totally um i think it's an obligatory like um necessity to, uh, to you know once october hits you got to listen to october Us at least once you know
1: fucking a you do
2: yes dude. you do have you heard that band october noir
1: yeah yeah they um so it's Uh-oh. basically like typo negative right yeah. like the, yeah 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 dude that shit oh, rules
2: i had like my uh spotify just on shuffle or whatever and i was i think i was taking a shower and i was in the shower. So I couldn't really, I was like, I've never heard this typo song before. So I didn't, I thought it was typo, but I was like, what the fuck is this? So I get out of the shower. I'm like, all right. So I just keep going, going down through the songs man, And yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously it's, they're, uh, really going for that sound and they're yeah. off well, but it's, it's cool to hear that, uh, still, you know, some basically here, like hearing new typo in a way, but you know, yeah. It was pretty cool, um aside from that um yeah as the weather kind of gets colder and, and darker it's, I like try to kind of go back into you know some some of the black metal records I grew up with like early emperor and stuff like that, and just a little more
1: uh moodier atmospheric darker stuff for sure. Yeah, that's the that's the fun stuff, like working towards the cold, the cold weather music. Like, I, I don't know what it is about like the cold, but something about that just makes me even like savor music even more. And then like when summer comes around, I'm like, it's, well, it's fucking Sabbath time. You know what I mean?
0: Black yeah. Sabbath is
1: summer music. for
0: sure. It's true. Yep. I'm looking forward to the new goat horror record being a soundtrack to my October debauchery. Honestly, when I heard yeah, it was man. coming out in October, I was like, fuck yes. It's the perfect time of year, right? This yeah. is
1: Satan's season, and Goat Horror is Satan's house band. I feel like it is particularly uh, fitting.
2: Yeah, I mean it comes out October seventh, and by Halloween time, you'll probably have all the songs, you know, marinated in yeah. stole and sure. you'll know which your favorites and rocking halloween
1: you know everybody's everybody it's going to be a goat or halloween baby get ready <laughs> one thing that you so earlier you mentioned uh ta right it, i did not realize when before i went and saw you guys that there had been a lineup change how long has he been in the band? we're talking about the bass player here how, yeah. how long how long ago did that happen
2: um, <clears> on <throat> 2014 i guess so it's been about eight years
1: oh what a fucking idiot i am say
2: no it's (laughs) it's all good man i don't think it was like you know it wasn't like a very like publicly announced thing like all right well yeah our previous bass player um was having a a, his first son with his wife so Mm -hmm. he had to step away from the touring and everything which understandable but but when it came to so ta just joined on as kind of a a touring member you know yeah it was you know doing all the tours with us and then when it came time to record vengeful ascension the previous record um james had already been working with sammy on a lot of the parts so it just made sense um you know for him to jump in the studio with us you know uh, record and but uh now i mean ta's been pretty much a full member um for the past six seven years so um it was time for him to you know be on a record with us you know
1: yeah so i i am correct in, in saying that this is his first record with the band yeah right? yep excellent excellent at least i got one thing right god damn yep. i didn't really i didn't realize he'd been in the band that long
2: yeah man he's been with us for a while like yeah it's, it's crazy to think that um yeah 2014 i think his first <laughs> uh we did maybe like a headlining tour and then it went straight into um there were like three shows with Sam Hain on the West Coast, and then we did three on the East Coast around Halloween mm-hmm. time. And uh, yeah, that was his first uh, trip out with us. And yeah, time flies, man. It's crazy.
1: When when did Vengeful Ascension come out?
2: Oh, man. I want to say
1: J- June or July of 2017. Yeah, 27. I knew it was, I, I was thinking it was 2017 or 2018. So that's a pretty good fucking gap between records, man. Yeah. Um, man. What did the uh what did the production aspect of it look like this time? Because I know you guys did a couple of things different with Vengeful Ascension. You went in with Jared Pritchard, um, tried, you know, you did a little bit more of a live feel to it, like what was sort of the mission statement going into the production aspect of the new record and where'd you guys do it?
2: Um, well we uh re- recorded it studio in the country, and it's a studio that's about an hour north of New Orleans. So close enough and one of the main things we we're really looking for in a studio was uh, like an, a, an excellent drum room you wanted to just have that room sound intact and um because you can you can really work hard at getting a guitar good guitar sound pretty much anywhere you know what i mean but the the drum sound was a, a big <clears throat> big objective for us and then um also, it being so close to New Orleans it was also a plus too, and uh, that studio was really cool. Um, <clears throat> Kansas recorded all their big records back oh, in the amazing. day, then. And, uh, so it's a pretty legendary place. And uh, just the whole situation was very comfortable. And uh, again, we had Jarrett Pritchard you know, with us in the studio, and <clears throat> he had uh, worked on Benchful with us as well. But he, he had a, been our live sound man for a long time. Yeah, we really knows. Um, <laughs> What we're looking for and how to achieve it, and we're, we're all comfortable together, obviously. And yeah, it just worked out really well. And then from then on, to have a different set of years on it when it came time to, to mix, we sent sent it off to Kurt Ballou, and, and uh, he really knocked it out of the park with the mix. Man, um, we, we've been a fan of his work with other bands for mm-hmm. a long time, and he just knows how to um, make each band sound unique and like themselves but also you know he puts his own kind of um stamp on it and he's yeah yeah i, I just i'm amazed by uh by that guy's work for sure
1: i didn't yeah i didn't know that that he did the new record
2: yeah he he mixed it and also dude even before we were send, sending him like pre-production demos before we went into track and he would have like really uh insightful tips just like arrangement wise just like little small things here and there and pretty much every suggestion that um that he made for us we ended up using you know which is cool to send you know you hire someone on to mix the record but he really took the time to like sit down and analyze and you know um took the initiative to like give us some pointers or you know just a little opinions here and there which was pretty
1: cool you know you didn't really have to do that so that's, that's not a usual thing then. No,
2: no. And yeah. So it was kind of surprising, but, uh, um, and you know, um, so of course, you know, we, in a, in opinion or a pointer is, is one thing, but, um, it's like, obviously we'll, we'll try it out, but every, every little thing, you know, it's like, and it was just pretty small stuff, but really, a, effective small stuff that once we tried it out, you know, we're like, of course it works. It, 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 betters the whole thing. And that's what, um, just having that outside ear really helps sometimes when you're really just so close involved in, uh, the whole process, it's good to have that outsider perspective along the way.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure, like you said, the guy's done, he's worked with the million bands. He's produced some fucking absolutely incredible records. Some of my favorite records that trap them, the work they did with trap them was fucking incredible, obviously yeah, yeah. converge. Uh, tons of bands that come through God City like they got a lot of it had that sort of like uh, the the HM2 chainsaw sound to it so thinking about sort of goat horse sound run through that filter sort of not necessarily like sounding like it was recorded at God City but linking about sort of the the expertise and the sensibility that Kurt Ballew brings to it like that to me that gets me really excited man and so thinking about when processes are different is really interesting to me no totally i mean um and like the the two records prior
2: to the, this one were recorded the two inch tape so i mean uh that's just for when we came came to this record it was just like all right we did that you know it, it was almost more like nobody else really cares or can tell the 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 difference in sonics between if you recorded a tape or digitally you know but you know it, it was it was nice not having to um, wait three hours to track drums, to calibrate a tape machine. To, it's much more, you know, what? get it in, in there and go um, with <clears throat> the way we did it with this record. But um, um but yeah, going back to Kurt, man. Um, yeah. Other bands he's, he's worked for and produced are a lot more chaotic sounding than us and have mm. like really gnarly guitar sounds and his, um, Ability to balance all that low and craziness and still have the drums come through in a very effective way and balance all that chaos and make
1: it a listenable product man it's it's pretty pretty awesome what he does that is sick and i'm looking like like now that i know that he mixed it like i'm going to approach listening to the record in a different way so like that's always it's it's cool shit to think about right and and like you said i don't i don't know how many people really like actively bring this into consideration when they're listening to a new record like we want to know does it fuck like are the riffs there you know what i mean but at the same time thinking about sort of the different processes behind the scenes has always been really interesting to me so like i have a i have a Tendency to fucking punish motherfuckers when they come on this show talking about like uh, little details and stuff like that. And there was one that you mentioned last time. And since you're talking about this, since you're talking about the last recording process or the previous recording processes, what what is there something involving a microwave that you talked about? Oh yeah,
2: that's going back to the two inch tape thing, man. Um, so I'd be say I'd be ready to go and start tracking you know working on a song and you have to bake the reels because all the tape manufacturers you know don't produce two inch tape anymore because there's not a whole lot of demand for it and a lot of the factories have just kind of shut down so we had to reuse i think we reused um soul and green reels and re-recorded over them so we those the longer the tape actually sits you have to like we had to buy these turkey dehydrators from Walmart <laughs> and you place the actual reel of tape in there and bake it at a certain temperature <laughs> for like Jesus. two hours to like freshen up the elasticity of the tape. Cause it kind of dries out because, mm-hmm. you know, it prevents like the tape breaking when it's on the reel and then you're really fucked, you know? So um, yeah, it was just a whole process. And, uh, and it was cool just kind of going back to the um, there's certain limitations with tape that, you know it's an honest record or honest way of recording because you're not allowed, you're not able to do certain things as easily. And a lot of the studio trickery is kind of thrown out the window, but, you know, we proved to ourselves we, we've we done that, you know, and it's almost like it was more of a footnote for a press release, you know, than an actual benefit to the the, the sonics of the record. But it was, it was all cool, but I'd rather be... Um, <clears throat> I'd rather go in there and track drums and not have to wait for the, to warm up the Turkey dehydrator, you know, not
1: have to not have to bake your shit before you get in there and get started. That's
0: interesting. Like that's cool. And I'm a super nerd and like a, uh, you know, vintage kind of freak. So I think it's awesome that you did that, but is it really worth it? Like, do people really care? Do people hear the difference like ever?
2: Yeah. I don't, I, honestly, I don't think people can really hear it. You know, if you were to AB, you know, a record just solely yeah recorded digitally than to tape i mean in the studio you definitely can i think you, you can mostly hear it in the drums um really it's really noticeable um just the smoothness and the clarity especially like in the cymbals and and the, yeah. the drums and then it does bring a certain kind of warmth that um you know just going straight digital doesn't do but uh you know teach their own but yeah i don't think anybody would really notice if they weren't like a serious audiophile or already kind of like a engineering production mindset
0: gotcha gotcha it's awesome though nonetheless
2: yeah yeah
1: it it was something to do
0: (laughs) i mean it it, well it's just the the
1: you know that this is stuff that we end up getting me and zach nerd out on this shit i don't know if anybody listening is gonna be like tell us about the two inch tape i just specifically remember the baking that fucked me up
2: yep gotta bake them reels man (laughs) <laughs> but another cool thing that um the we that. studio we recorded this record uh, had like an old school actual echo chamber in the back which is like a looks like a like a silo of, of sorts and so for, for like mainly drum effects and some vocal stuff we uh there's like pa speakers in there and a microphone in the middle of this chamber so we run like the toms through to um the pa in that echo chamber and the mics in there picking that up and we had this like cool echo natural reverb reverb effect Mm -hmm. so we utilized on certain songs for the drums to bring out the beef of the of the drums and so that was pretty cool you know kind of unique and uh aside from that man uh yeah the studio is just it can it can get to be kind of grueling excellent excellent excellent
1: and as we are moving towards the, 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 the later half of the show, as we're getting towards the end, um, there is always this question that we ask people, right? We've asked you that question before. Yes, you have. What's your favorite Black Sabbath record, right? <clears throat> we, I think this time what we're going to do, and I, I wanted to do it with a little bit of extra time because I know this is a band that you absolutely love. What's your favorite Motorhead record? Oh, I love this. And tell us, tell us, first of all, talk about your relationship with Motorhead, man, because I know you absolutely love the band and, you know, work your way up to that favorite record.
2: All right. Well, here's lately and I guess for the past, I don't know, five years, I've had a different favorite Motorhead record, depending on the month. No shit. So, um, so a few months ago, you know, I was, I was just stuck on like rock and roll, man. You know, the, the album. You know, it's just nonstop listening to that. You know, along with the other assorted Motorhead that I always listen to. But uh, I guess just in general, it's just one of those bands that I always doesn't matter what kind of mood I'm in, doesn't matter what season it is. It's just you know, if I can't decide on whatever else to listen to, I put on Motorhead. But my current favorite Motorhead record right now is Orgasmatron. All right, tell well tell us about it, Orgasmatron it's uh every every song has just got that classic motorhead feel and it's you know it's got the um <clears throat> classic dual guitar lineup the drums are slamming um and every song is just killer and it's still kind of in that classic motorhead vein yeah <clears throat> and uh yeah man it's just a classic nice. motorhead record I think it, you know it's I wouldn't call it overlooked but uh, <clears throat> but I definitely think it's it's a contender with ace of spades you know what i mean That well. was
1: actually it was actually one of my first motorhead records specifically because sepultura covered orgasmatron that's yeah. how i found motorhead i yeah, uh, was through they, that cover right that's and that yeah through the oh dude i've found all kinds of shit like discharge i found through a metallica cover like all kinds oh, of cool. bands that are like that are a lot bigger sepultura actually also introduced me to celtic frost um yeah, So if you were to make a recommendation for somebody who's never owned a Motorhead record as their first place to start, what would you say? Oh man.
2: I would probably just have to go Ace of Spades record, you know? Yeah. I mean, pound pound for pound. I mean, obviously everybody knows the title track, but every other song is uh, just kind of legendary and has that, the essence of classic Motorhead. It does it. From there, you can kind of springboard off of that and you you kind of already know, you know, um what's going on. So
1: it's an absolutely fucking massive catalog. How how many records does motorhead have out? Do you do like 15 at least, right? I think it's between
0: 15 and 20 or 20 studio
1: records,
2: probably.
0: Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, dude. That's 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 a hell of a legacy to fucking live up to. I mean, do you have a motorhead record that you don't like? I feel like they're all pretty consistent. Oh, that's a good question.
2: Um, I wouldn't say I don't like it, um, but I guess maybe "Sacrifice" and then "Snakebite Love" kind of. those are probably my two least uh, least listened to Motorhead
1: records. Gotcha. Yeah, kinda, "Snakebite Love" kind of veered away from the kind of kind of lost the thread. I think.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, some. I'm gonna have to go back back, and it's been a while since I gave it a chance. But uh, yes, it's, it seems like it might be just kind of lacking the uh, really catchy riffs that you're used to in mm-hmm. in motorhead and they're kind of doing some of the um um weird kind of syncopated just beats and stuff but i don't know i'm gonna have to go back and check it out again
1: yeah fuck yeah, dude i wanna like, I like uh, the bird. idea of like turning
0: people what's that i was gonna say i love i love snake bite love did you really sacrifice it? i do what's your is that your favorite what's your favorite motorhead record it's impossible to say what a favorite motorhead record is man i mean I feel like bomber. it's only fair. We
1: we put people in this position all the time. I feel like it's only fair that we have to do it to ourselves too.
0: Like bomber a lot, bomber yeah. and Over, overkill. That's the shit for me. Overkill. I, I like I like some older metal. I mean aftershocks, really good too. That was like one of their last albums. I like that a whole lot too. Yeah, can't go wrong, dude. Yeah, I, I think like Motorhead tattoo. It's <clears throat> it's all love. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: The four, the four like aftershock and the three albums before man talking awesome solid records you know mm-hmm.
1: which when did bad magic come out
2: That was the last one or something
1: was oh, that the last was that the last one i think yeah that bad magic was the last one yeah yeah there 15, was some... <clears throat> 20 okay 2015 i i i i thought it was like 2014 2015 something like that but i do remember getting that record and being like God damn dude they still got it
0: yeah man yeah, how Emmy was practically on his deathbed recording that shit. Yeah, he died that year, didn't he? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he. Awesome. How. Crazy. So you are
1: you play a particularly extreme style of drumming, very very physically demanding. Been doing it for a long time. What's the oldest you see yourself in the future out on the road still playing this music?
2: Man, <clears throat> well, if there's any indication of just um you know looking around and seeing i don't know obviously it's different you know different um ball game looking at like the rolling stones of course but i don't think that they ever expected to be that old no shit and still going, you know what i mean yeah you know they had members dying and they, they still continue
1: <laughs> yeah
2: but, um i don't know i just I just got to kind of listen to your body and uh <clears throat> and just stay healthy and keep a good attitude but uh yeah, who knows, man? I'm just going to keep riding until the wheels fall off, basically.
1: Dude, that's fucking awesome. And you got a hell of a fucking ride right now, dude. The, the the record, you know, I've I've heard the record. I only listened to the whole thing through all the way once because I have my uh, my physical copy rituals that I like to do with new records. Um, but we are on the eve of a long-awaited Goat Whore record today as we are listening, as we are recording this, as you, dear listener, are listening to it. The new Goat who record, Angels Hung from the Archways of Heaven, is already out, and it is a fucking smoker. We got Zach Simmons, plays drums for Goat Whore. Dude, thank you so much for coming on. We always love talking to you. Great getting back. to see you play live a while back. Absolutely oh, great to meet you in person. What you want to say before we go, baby? What you got? <laughs> Thanks play? for having
2: me again, man. And, uh, yeah, go out and pick up the record and look for us out on the road, man. We're going to be out there. Uh, <clears throat> hitting this one hard and we can't play We can't wait to play all these songs live, man, for sure.
1: Yeah. Are you guys, so is play. that, uh, you going to throw a bunch of new songs into the set you think? Oh, is it, is, do we just have to find out. Fuck yeah, dude. I'm excited well, about that. Well, Hopefully you guys come back through my neck of woods again.
2: Definitely. I think over the course of this whole uh, touring cycle, um, yeah, every single one of these songs will be able to, it's, uh, will Be played live at some point, so sick man! Oh, I oh, can't yeah.
1: fucking wait to hear it, dude. Thank you so much for having me for coming back and talking to us. We love yeah. you, we love the we love band you, and we will talk to you soon, brother.
2: Great. great talking to you guys, and thanks for having me back. Definitely. Thanks,
1: dog. Peace out. Talk yeah, soon. Okay. Later. See ya. What a good dude! He's what a good best. dude! We love that. Every, said. every, is a fun guy to talk to. Obviously, like one of the things about him that just continuously fucking comes back to me is just how humble he is. Yeah, um. Awesome. When he's just like, you ask him about this incredible fucking job that he has. And like, he's he's like, I'm just a dude. You know, you know what I mean? Like, he's a bad motherfucker. He's good at what he does. Um, but he certainly didn't come off that way in conversation. And I think that there's like a whole lot of charm to that. So like, not only do we think he's a good dude, but his band is fucking sick. I cannot wait for this record to be out. I hope that a bunch of people pick it up. I hope a bunch of people go see the band. I hope their European tour goes well. Zach, I hope you have a good night.
0: Hope you have a good night dude i love you that was fun love you too brother we're gonna do it again we're gonna do yeah, we it again are. very very
1: soon uh i'm out man peace 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 you, man. oh bye. yeah i love you too i'm gonna send you uh i'll send you the file when we get done cool bro thank you peace bye